back to Next Scene Podcast, the podcast covering pop culture one scene at a time. And welcome for coming back for night three of our exciting Hanukkah special uh, covering this Festival of Lights one night at a time. Once again, I'm your host, Sean German. Uh, my regular co-host, Brian, uh, could not join us tonight. Uh, but in his place, I have a wonderful special guest all the way from It's Time to Rewind and Flights, Tights, and Movie Nights. It's Nate, a.k.a. Bubba Weed. Nate, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> is that the is that the, the podcasting armadillo? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's my good friend's. The holiday armadillo. <laughs> the the holiday armadillo. Holiday podcasting. <laughs> yeah, and uh, observant listeners may have picked up on that reference. Uh, so for tonight, uh, our Hanukkah special that we'll be discussing will be um, from season seven of Friends. It's the one with the holiday armadillo. Uh, so to, to get started, Nate, what is... Uh, what is your history, your background with um, with Friends and and with this episode? Yeah, I've you know I have enjoyed Friends for a long time. I'm not sure which season that I jumped in on, but I definitely watched it whenever it was first airing, and I watched it all the way through up into the the finale at season ten. I, I definitely remember seeing Aisha Tyler coming in and on the 10th season and, and all the weirdness at, at the end. Um, but I, I don't think I watched it all the way from the beginning, but it's possible that I might have. My memory is, is not, does not go that far back. And then I did just recently do a full rewatch this past summer um, as going through it on HBO Max. So it's, it's pretty fresh in my memory, and that's that's part of why I, you know, I signed up to to talk about this episode. Well, that's yeah, that's good. That's that's timely. So you'll have it'll all be fresh in your mind. Um, so how long did that take to burn you? So you watched all the seasons from beginning to end. Right? Yeah, all all ten seasons. I had no skipping, uh, and I was watching it with my wife. So. Um, I, I think, you know, we've we burned through it pretty quickly. I, I think uh, maybe two months, give or take. Oh, wow. OK, so, so you're, you're pretty dedicated in your task there. Uh, yeah, it was. Well, it's it, it's one of those where a friends is perfect for a background watch mm -hmm. because it, it's not something that you have to devote your full attention to it's something that you can just have on the, in the background so we would have it playing a lot whenever we were home and you know we wouldn't be paying a hundred percent attention to it and, and of course we have an infant in the house right. so yeah. <laughs> our attention is kind of divided between the show uh, but that that was like just something good to have on and, and to watch and, and we did you know sit down and watch a lot of it but we did you know, we didn't necessarily pause to go in the other room and, and do things. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it wasn't, I think that helped us get through it faster. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So my history is actually, I, I don't think I've seen this episode until preparing for the podcast and, and, and looking up, uh, you know, sort of lists online of um, kind of favorite or, or best Hanukkah episodes of, of TV shows. I did watch friends. I remember I was around when, 
when they first started. And I was not a dedicated watcher, but, you know, if I was, um, you know, if I was in front of the TV watching something else and it came on, I might stick around and, and watch an episode. So I've, I've seen an episode or, or two here and there. Um, but I think by this point, I had dropped out. So this was yeah, season seven, episode 10. Uh, season seven, episode 10 originally aired on uh, the 14th of December in 2000. And I had probably dropped out um, around season four or five in terms of when I would have watched episodes as they aired. So I don't think I saw this when I originally when it originally aired, but uh, I've seen it a few times now. <laughs> um so yeah, so let's let's dive in with uh, with the recap of uh, you know season seven, episode ten of Friends, the one with the har- hol- the one with the holiday armadillo. I don't know why that's so difficult. <laughs> uh, holiday armadillo. So we kind of we we start with the the cold open before the credits. Um, we're in the apartment um, where uh, Monica and Chandler are uh, are betrothed. They're betrothed. <laughs> And uh, they've got, you know, they're, they're talking about dinner, you know, plans for dinner and a show. Uh, Phoebe walks in with uh, her mom's skull, um, which <laughs> disturbs everyone. <laughs> um, um, and then we get, you know, we kind of talk about, uh, um, we get the, the holiday aspect comes in where Ross talks about how he's got Ben for the weekend, his son. And uh, he wants to take this year to teach Ben about Hanukkah. And then Phoebe makes a, a remark about, Teaching, uh, teaching Ben about the the Christmas skull and how people die. Uh, yeah, I, I also love the the physical humor. You know, Ross is. I think he's the best whenever he's doing physical comedy, and just the moment whenever Phoebe hands him asks if he wants a piece of licorice from the skull, and then he looks at it strangely, and then he just has that you know that jump where he just like oh okay, and then grabs it. And takes it like it's nothing after that. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice little, um, I guess, switch or misdirect. Because originally, when when Phoebe comes in, it's it's Monica and Chandler there. When she says, "Oh, this is my mom's skull," they're like, "Pull back and re- revulsion." And then she's <laughs> got to clarify, "No, this is you know, this is not the skull of my mother. This is a skull my mother owned." Um, and yeah, like you said, Ross gives that beat, and you wonder, is he going to be repulsed or disgusted? And then he's like, "Oh, licorice, okay." um yeah yeah a lot of yeah it's it's um i like that you mentioned physical comedy because i don't think i don't think friends is known for like pratfalls it's not three stooges type physical comedy but there's a lot in body language and uh certainly facial expressions so a lot of physical comedy in in those kind of reactions and those situations there there is some there is a handful of like slapstick comedy the the first one that comes into mind is whenever like the with ross um and joey uh like whenever ross is mad at joey and joey's like go ahead and punch me and then ross goes to punch him joey ducks and then he hits his hand on the pillar behind him and breaks his hand and joey's like why it was just a natural reaction somebody punches you you duck See, watch. And then Joey punches Ross and he doesn't duck. And so he, Joey punches him in the nose. So then, yeah. So after this, we, we get into um, the credits and then we come in uh, they, in Central Park. Um, and uh, so Monica and Chandler are continuing on uh, their storyline and being betrothed. betrothed. Uh, Chandler's asking if Monica is going to change her last name to Bing. Um, 
she says Bing is weird. And <laughs> speaking of speaking of weird, um, we have Phoebe enter, and we get our introduction to our second storyline. Um, in addition to whatever's going on with with Monica and Chandler, um, that her apartment um, that she used to share with Rachel is going to be ready, and she wonders if. Um, you know, if Rachel is, is Rachel going to move back in with her or is she just having too great a time living with Joey? Yeah, and that's important to mention that at this point in the season, you know, Monica and Chandler are living together in Monica's apartment and Joey is in, is still across the hall. And for a little while, Rachel and Phoebe were living in Phoebe's apartment until it burned down um, when Rachel left a curling iron on. And so Phoebe is staying with Monica and Chandler in Rachel's old room. And Rachel is staying with Joey. Thank you for the update. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of um, musical chairs. And I don't remember. I don't think Ross is living in ugly naked man's apartment across the street yet. Yeah. I don't remember much about. Ross's apartments. I don't know if I don't know if we get to his apartment in the the earlier seasons that I that I would have watched through the first run. I think I we spend most of our time here. Um, uh, well, where where Monica and Chandler are living now, and then mm-hmm. across the hall, um, which was yeah, which which was Joey and Chandler, and is now Joey and Rachel are the the two apartments that I remember mostly. Yeah. Uh, well, I should say so. Yeah, so we've got so now I think we've got all three of the main storylines. Um, we've got um, Ross and, and Ben. He uh, mentions introducing Ben to the idea of Hanukkah. We've got uh, Phoebe and her concern about if Rachel's going to want to move back in with her or if you know she's having too much fun with Joey. And then just whatever's going on with with Monica and, and Chandler. Um, I don't know if that it counts as like a, a, a plot line. They've got a handful of, of scenes. Um, I don't know if that really co- constitutes like a, a, a C line through the plot. So uh, so the, our next scene, we cut over to uh, Joey. Speaking of Joey's apartment, we cut over to the, the apartment, Rachel and Joey, um, where Joey's playing the drums, which was a gift from Phoebe um, in uh obvious attempt to try to make the make the whole uh, scene uncomfortable uh, try to drive Rachel out of the apartment and of course the first question is how can Phoebe afford a brand new set of drums <laughs> and oh, I didn't on, even think of that <laughs> <laughs> on her um, you know massage salary mm-hmm. yeah maybe one of her clients is a drummer or a, you know, a, an instrument dealer and she, she has it on loan. <laughs> Could uh, be because yeah. I'm pretty sure that it disappears next episode. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't know what she's, if it would, you know, what she's told Joey, if she's told him that it's a, you know, a, a permanent gift or, or whatever, but I'm guessing, yeah, as soon as Rachel moves out, um, she'd have to take the drums back. Um, hmm. Um, so we get a quick cutaway um, to uh, Monica and Chandler, um, and they're they're in a restaurant. They're they have a reservation, but they're being told they have to wait for a table. And they've got uh, Chandler says they've got tickets to the Music Man at eight. 
Um, and for anyone who's curious, this is there was a revival of The Music Man on uh, on Broadway um, in 2000, um, starring uh, Greg Bierko and Rebecca Luker in the uh, in the lead roles. Um, and it, get, it got fair reviews. Um, apparently, it, I, for a, a lot, it got some better reviews than the recent revival with Hugh Jackman um, and Sutton Foster. In, in those roles, which um, which kind of surprised me uh, doing a little bit of research. It turns out um, a lot of Broadway reviewers don't like Hugh Jackman. Hmm. Um, That's surprising. I thought everybody likes him. Yeah. I guess I yeah. saw the Marvel stand. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's just he's, you know, not a, a, not their idea of a traditional Broadway song and dance man um, for whatever reason. Um, but so. Monica says that Chandler should give the maitre d' some money uh, to get a table quicker. And I'm, I'm wondering, Nate, so I've, have you ever tried that? Have you ever <laughs> tipped the, the head of, you know, the head of house in front of a restaurant to get a better table or to get a table quicker? Well, I've never been to a, a restaurant fancy enough to have a maitre d' other than, you know, like Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> And I don't think they get paid enough to, <laughs> I don't, or I should say, I don't think they care enough It'll care. to bump you in the line. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never done this. I have, you know, I've been in restaurants where either um, a reservation and I was waiting past the, the reservation time or just the kind of place where you put your name on the list and you wait. Um, I, I wouldn't know how to do this. I think I would be kind of like Chandler in this situation. <laughs> um, and this kind of becomes a running gag where, you know, he tries to he tries to like putting, you know, holding up a, a 20 or folding up a bill in your palm and then giving a guy the handshake. Um, he tries that and it turns out he puts the bill in the wrong hand. He's got the yes, bill in his left and he shakes with the right. <laughs> this is my favorite running gag of this episode. I just love everything about this. And um chandler just sells it so well matthew perry is <laughs> phenomenal in with this whole running gag from start to finish and and especially you know we'll we'll get to it later but it, you know the the callback is just wonderful yeah so we'll we'll put a pit in that we'll, we'll kind of keep in keep this in mind for later um it it does come back and yeah it, it comes back in, in in a really nice way later um so Moving right along, we cut to our next scene where we've got um, Ross and Ben. I guess this is this must be Ross's apartment. Uh, well, not must be, but probably is. So Ross is sitting with his son, Ben, um, and he's he's trying to talk Hanukkah. He starts to talk, you know, so Ben, you know what holiday is coming up? And, you know, Ben's like, oh, Christmas. Well, you know what other holiday? Christmas Eve. <laughs> And it should be um, worth noting that that's uh, at this point in the show, Ben is played by either Dylan or Cole Sprouse. I always forget which one it is. Yeah, um, I think it's it's Cole in this episode. Um, at least he's credited. Um, I don't know. Yeah, is he? I think he it's always old. Cole. Yeah, like it's um, always the same one, but I forget which one it is. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure what the cutoff is. I know with with babies and young children, they'll get like twins and they switch them in and out. But um, I'm not sure at what age they get old enough where they can just like, OK, we've only got you know one kid to play the part. Um, it also yeah, helps I, that it's, he's, think, he's not. Yeah, I, I think um, 
like the fifth through the eighth season, uh, Mm -hmm. Ben Ben is always Cole Sprouse. Okay, Um, you know whenever he's whenever he's little kid Ben, which I think he only gets like four episodes in (laughs) across those three seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when he's also he's only in um, you know he's only in a few scenes. So it's probably enough that that one kid can can cover it. Yeah, I think it's it's Cole, um, and he's you know he's holding his own as as a kid actor. Um, yeah, and Ross is uh, you know desperately trying to turn this into a real Hanukkah episode with you know start telling the story about the Maccabees, and um, Ben is just going to break into song with with Christmas carols. <laughs> <laughs> he's being the the epitome of an annoying kid, just completely off on his own tangent as you know he is christmas focused and there's no getting him off the christmas track yeah which which makes sense as a child um that he would be excited about christmas i don't know um especially since we we skipped over but at one point earlier they do mention that carol does dress up as santa every year for him Right. Yeah. So I, I, I'm trying to remember, I don't remember any other, um, you know, holiday episodes, you know, specifically Christmas or Hanukkah episodes from previous seasons. But yeah, so they mentioned that to give you an idea that Christmas is a pretty big deal um, in yeah, our household. It's yeah. Thanksgiving that has the big friends episode every year. Yeah. So, so Carol dresses up every year and I don't know, I don't know if they've mentioned it yet or if this comes up later, but at some point they do mention that it is it's two nights before christmas um that ben yeah, they is definitely mention it whenever he's um whenever he goes to the costume shop yeah yeah oh that's right yeah when, when uh yeah ross tries to hunt up a a santa costume and the guy mentions yeah you're looking for a santa costume two days before christmas which makes sense so just to line it up um in 2000 the um, the third night of Hanukkah, or sorry, the third night of Hanukkah was December twenty third, um, and it'll actually line up later. Um, we'll see at the end. They light three candles. It kind of lines up that yes, this is the 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 third night of Hanukkah is indeed two days before, or was two days before Christmas in um, in the year two thousand. Um, so yeah, so this is it's Christmas is imminent. You can. Um, you can taste the eggnog, you know, the, 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 you know, the Christmas trees, the smell of the pine and the fur is in the air. Um, so of course, uh, young Ben is very excited. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Ross at one point is even trying to show, uh, show Ben a dreidel and start singing the dreidel song. And, uh, you know, the Jewish people are wonderful people. It's a wonderful religion with a great, uh, you know, great history and, and many traditions. Um, but when it comes to songs, just Hanukkah does not match up to Christmas. Uh, if you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you if, got if the you're, dreidel song, you got the Adam Sandler song. And then, um, well, the, the the other song that they play at the end of this was the the Fiddler on the Roof song. Yeah. <laughs> tradition which uh i i never associated with hanukkah necessarily but yeah i think they just they ran out i mean you've got the you know hanukkah oh hanukkah let's light the menorah um and that's it that's pretty much the gamut of of hanukkah music so um yeah if you've if you've got a kid that's loaded up on uh 
you know, candy canes and Christmas carols, um, Ross has got his work cut out for him. And I do love the the escalation of this, uh, of this interaction between uh, Ross and Ben with him just singing and then him trying to to divert the conversation to Hanukkah. And then Ben's immediately like, is Santa mad at me? Am I on the naughty list? Was I bad? <laughs> yeah. And just completely breaks Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, do you have an idea what, how old do you think uh, Ben is? at this point well he should be six or seven because this is the seventh season and he was born in the first season okay then that lines up yeah he seems about yeah six or seven which seems a little bit late um to try to be introducing a new religion (laughs) that's yeah that's what i was thinking too i mean ross is not exactly the best uh, father father even as a part-time father (laughs) across this entire season or series yeah, and, and I don't know, um, you know, we don't we don't know what other holidays he's tried to introduce. I mean, I think one starting earlier, maybe a little bit better. Um, also, maybe like Passover is a good one because you can tie it in with Easter. You know, that's a more natural connection, whereas there's no connection between Hanukkah and Christmas other than um, they both happen around the same time of year. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there, there may be better holidays if you want to. Um, you know, start introducing, uh, you know, religion to your child. Uh, but, you know, hey, Ross is, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's it's tough being a, a, a you know, divorced father. He's, he's doing his best. Um, whatever. <laughs> he's doing his best. We'll give him, we'll and, just say and, that. <laughs> and I'm also pretty sure that they almost never reference them, the Gellers being part Jewish. I can't, yeah, I can't honestly remember any other time where it came up at all. Yeah, I kind of remember knowing they were Jewish, but like you said, they, they don't make a, a big point of it. Yeah, because like all of his marriages have have been, you know, more traditional marriages, not, you know, not a single person was wearing a, uh, uh, a yarmulke yeah. <laughs> on, on either side. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember the when he gets married, it's not... They don't have like a rabbi or particularly like a religious Jewish wedding. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like a traditional, uh, not Catholic, but you know, a traditional like Christian style. You know, just what you would think of as is a standard big wedding. Yeah. So so moving on, uh, we we leave Ben and Ross and we hop over back to the restaurant where where Monica and Chandler are. Uh, you know, trying to keep it casual and trying to, uh, um, you know, still try to get a table. And we get another one of uh, Chandler's aborted attempts at trying to um, bribe, I guess, you know, this this maitre d' where he walks up and then realizes um, he can't find the bill <laughs> that he had folded <laughs> up to hope, hope you know, hopefully pass as a gratuity. And when he turns, you know, he turns to kind of rifle through his pockets. And when he turns back, the maitre d' has walked away from his stand and is helping another couple. Yeah, he has missed his chance entirely. Yes, this is another example of just great, you know, camera work, timing comedy, because like the moment that he turns around, this other couple just walks right up behind him while he's not looking talks to the maitre d and you can tell that the guy slips 
the maitre d some money and says can you help us we're in a hurry and then the maitre d walks them towards the back of the you know away from camera towards the back of the restaurant yeah and you you see uh you see chandler holding out when he finally finds the bill he's he's holding it out to the now um kind of empty stand where um where the maitre d is no longer there and you see in the background monica um Gives a look that I'm very familiar with. Haven't gotten the same look from my <laughs> wife many times um, where she's just, you know, her, putting her hands, you know, hands to her face, shaking her head, going, I'm, I'm going to marry this man. <laughs> uh, and you can imagine she's going to spend the rest of her life making, you know, a similar face, but thinking I did marry this man. Yeah. And, and another great little moment. I, I don't remember if it was in this one or in the earlier scene. Whenever Chandler asks her, like, how do you even know about this? Wait a minute. Did Richard do this? Yeah. And so, you, you know, he tosses in a little bit of that uh, Tom Selleck jealousy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing. Well, I've well, actually two things. So there's there's two things that I wonder. One is, you know, what is this? What does this story really have to do with Christmas or Hanukkah? <laughs> and I think the answer is nothing at all. Um, you know, this this line, you know, this kind of run through with with, you know, Monica and Chandler trying to get a table. But my second question is, um, so it's this is Friday night. This is Friday three nights, two nights before Christmas. You know, so this is or no. So wait, this is Friday. It's the Saturday. It's the so this this episode must span two days. I figured out um, it's Saturday. That's two nights before Christmas when Ross is trying to get the costume later. Um, so this is, I believe this is Friday night, three days before Christmas in Manhattan. Why are they going out to dinner and a show? This this is a city that is, you know, a Friday night is busy on a like a regular Friday night, but this town is awash in tourists at this point. You know, people coming in to see the Rockettes, see the, you know, the tree at Rockefeller Plaza and everything else. Why are they even leaving their apartment? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. It's again, I think it's it's really just just for the joke, but you know, I can forgive it because I, I do just love the gag so much. Even though they completely, they you know, I, I believe this is the last scene that we see in the restaurant, and there's no resolution. Like we don't know if they didn't go see the music man or if they were somehow able to make it to the music man or not. It's like there's that, that whole thing is just completely dropped after this other than the money handoff gag. Yeah. Yeah. I I figure, I assume at some point they just give up on the restaurant and you know, grab, grab a hot dog at a cart or something, you know, just grab a quick bite before going to the, going to the show. I don't think you it doesn't sound like this is like this isn't a particular restaurant that they've been waiting months or years to to get a table at. Um, this is just where they're eating before the show, where the it's the uh, the show is the main event for the evening. So if they have to miss dinner, um, they'd rather miss dinner to see the show than than miss the show waiting on dinner. But like you said, no resolution, which is fine. I don't think we really need it. Yeah. Um, and so we leave the restaurant. And Monica and Chandler, we head over. We see uh, Phoebe walking down the hallway of the apartment building. 
uh, towards Joey's apartment where she hears drumming and she smiles, figuring this must be driving Rachel crazy, opens the door and it's Rachel drumming. Turns out Rachel loves the drums. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is a, a great little expectation subversion. Yeah, this is not, and it's one thing kind of, like I said, uh, opening up, like I, I, I had, I'd seen Friends. I was aware of Friends. I'd seen episodes, but was not a huge fan. And, you know, at some point just kind of dropped off and, and really hadn't seen kind of this, anything from the second half of the run. Um, and I was kind of a little bit surprised and pleasantly so at some of the subtlety and some of the, the payoffs and twists um, for the comedy, um, the way this comes in. So, yeah, turns out Phoebe is not so good at annoying Rachel when she tries to. You know, when she's trying to set up a situation that's supposed and, to drive her to someone that she's been close friends with for seven years at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think she'd know her a little bit better than that. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently, you know, in some ways she does, but then turns out in some ways she doesn't. Um, and she, you know, she, she tries to be nice. Oh, great. You know, they, uh, Rachel and Joey have a little bit of a routine, like a song that they've they've put together that they perform for Phoebe. And, you know, being a good friend, she tries to put on a smile. But, you know, in the audience, we know um, we know she's frustrated and she's not enjoying this at all. Um, not nearly as much as, as Rachel is. Yeah, they, um, they do the whole, you know, the very simple drum tap where, <laughs> you know, they just do like four or five taps on uh, like three different drums, then do the cymbal crash, and then they both say tequila. Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that always cracks me up because I don't, and it, it always catches me. That I've watched this episode like a, a four or five times in the last few days preparing for the podcast, and it it still surprises me every time because. What she's playing, what Rachel's playing on the drums doesn't sound anything like <laughs> the song Tequila, but the yeah. way they do it at the end, Tequila, it's it's funny. Um, so that I, that's wrapping up what I'm going to call the the first act of uh, of the program of the show. So uh, I'd like to let's take a little a little bit of inter intermission, step back from the action. I want to ask you. So, do you think does this episode? Do you think this qualifies as a you know, a Hanukkah special, you know, a Hanukkah-themed episode, or um, like some other programs do, is this really a Christmas episode that they just kind of throw a menorah into the mix? What do you well, think? I, I do think that there is more Hanukkah than Christmas mm -hmm. in this episode, but there's not much of either in the episode. I, I would say that the, the whole Hanukkah Christmas takes up less than a third of the episode give or take uh but uh, they do have you know a, enough stuff in there that hanukkah is the main focus and, and it is it's about ross's want to teach ben about hanukkah and that that's kind of the through line and that's the heart of the the ross and ben um storyline in this so in that way i do think that it is more hanukkah than christmas yeah yeah i i i agree a hundred percent that was kind of my notes that um my first thought is like you know this is this you know is this a holiday episode at all this is um 
there's there's not a lot you know certainly i don't think it qualifies as a christmas episode there's there's not much christmas um there's there's a little bit of hanukkah but there's more more hanukkah than christmas so i guess in in that sense it it does qualify uh, you're right that the that ross and ben hanukkah storyline is the main um kind of the main line of the three. It seems like it's, well, let's do, you know, this is going to come out around Christmas, Hanukkah time of year. Um, so let's do a Hanukkah storyline. And that's a little bit more than a third. We've got the um, the roommate situation, the kind of the roommate triangle between Phoebe, Rachel, and Joey. Um, kind of the, the secondary storyline in terms of uh, the attention of the episode. But then that's like the through line. That's going to carry through from episode to episode, you know, so next week or, you know, coming up, you know, the next episode, they're not going to still be talking about Ross and Ben and, and Hanukkah, but they may still be, um, you know, there still may be uh, either unresolved questions or uh, repercussions of, uh, you know, the roommate situation or at least come through that, okay, Phoebe is now back in her old apartment. Um, you know, that's kind of a through line for, uh, you know, through the season. And then they've got, you know, we've got this kind of, um, it, it almost isn't a storyline. It's just a handful of scenes with Monica Chandler, which I mm -hmm. guess, um, you know, I mean, the restaurant thing doesn't really go anywhere, but um, maybe plays into a, a, you know, a small bit in the, the evolving storyline of their relationship. Um, so maybe even, even longer, um, you know, a, a multi-season story arc in terms of, of those two characters. So, you know, that's kind of the third yeah. place. So um, yeah. So that was my thought. Like, I think um, it could be if we got a little bit more of the actual Hanukkah story, um, you know, we kind of get we get Ross trying to tell Ben. He starts off, well, you know, a long time ago, there were these people called the Maccabees. And then he he keeps getting interrupted. He doesn't get further than that. Um, yeah, you know, he starts some, it like three different times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some point, spoiler, at some point he does get to tell the story, it seems like. But we don't get to hear it. Then, you know, we just kind of. Yeah, the audience doesn't yeah. hear it. Only Ben does. Yeah, I mean, we kind of come in at the end where we see, you know, Ross is wrapping up where he's like, and then the oil lasted eight nights. And now we have Hanukkah. Um, I think if we got more, if we saw more of that exchange and we got more telling of the, the Hanukkah story in the episode, then it might qualify more as a, uh, you know, as a Hanukkah episode or more of a Hanukkah episode, but I think you're right. There's more Hanukkah than, than Christmas, um, in the episode, mm -hmm. um, which I say is nice because there are, man, some of these, uh, you know, I did in, in preparing for this, the sequence and trying to find eight episodes that we could cover for the eight nights of Hanukkah. <laughs> um, and just kind of looking at lists of, of, um, you know, lists on the web of, you know, Hanukkah episodes, there are some that are literally it's this is a Christmas episode and the main character just happens to have a Jewish friend. And that's, you know, that's your Hanukkah content. I'm like, eh, it doesn't make it a bad episode, but that but that should not qualify you to get on a list of Hanukkah TV episodes if that's all your Hanukkah right. content. Um, and this but this certainly has more than that. So good on your friends. You're a Hanukkah episode. Um, all right, so let's let's cut back to the action, and we'll pick up uh, our second act where we're um, we're back at Central Park. We've got you know we've got Chandler, Joey, Monica, Phoebe, um, and Chandler's still trying to do the um, the the palm trick with the tip. Only this time he's um, you know he 
he's tipping with coins and mm-hmm. you got to be really good <laughs> to kind of palm a coin like that. Well, and then when um, when Gunther's not expecting it, when the person you're passing the coins to isn't expecting it, of course they're going to drop it. <laughs> and we do eventually yeah. find out, or, or at least I, I think it's pretty, it's not a big leap to think that it was just 50 cents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's not a very big tip either. And, and you know, Chandler's line is great. You know, it's it's not actually easier with coins, as if he thought it would be. And and Phoebe is complaining about um, Rachel not being more annoyed. Um, and she's got this one good line: "This is not how normal people are supposed to react to drums." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like drums are like an accordion or a bagpipe. You know, it's something just naturally people are supposed to gravitate away from or be repulsed by and so speaking of i'm gonna we'll keep it moving we'll head back to um back to to rachel and joey's apartment where now phoebe has presented another gift a tarantula um and and going back to our comment about how well how well do these friends know each other (laughs) it turns out not only is rachel not afraid of tarantulas she had one as a kid um until her cat ate it and then her cat died. Yeah, and then her cat died. Um, there's a lot of death in this show. Um, you know, this, this this particular episode between you know Rachel's cat and Phoebe's mom, and um, but yeah, so apparently Phoebe did not know that Rachel was um, not not afraid of tarantulas at all. Um, but Joey is terrified. Yeah, yeah. Just to switch things up. Um, But Rachel, you know, Rachel and Phoebe, you know, Rachel kind of figures out what's going on in terms of, uh, you know, Phoebe's trying to get her out of this apartment and um, they have a a little heart to heart, a little talk about, um, you know, about the relationship. It comes out about the the apartment. Um, They have a nice little moment. Um, And then we it's one of those things where it's. You know, it's a whole sitcom. Oh, everything works out before the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Even though this isn't the the full resolution, but it is them making up. Yeah. Well, we're we're heading. They're they're moving the plot along. They're they're heading in the right direction. Um, and they don't. You know. The, yeah. The, the, things aren't gonna. You know. Things aren't gonna. Things are going to work out at the end of the half hour. But it's not gonna be a, a magic wrap up at the end. They do show us some progression. And that's nice. Um, and then we cut over to the aforementioned uh, costume shop where we've got Ross um, looking for, uh, you know, looking for a Santa outfit two days before Christmas. As the um, as the guy working behind the counter says, and Ross says, you got to have something. Um, uh, well, you do skip over the, the costume shop owners uh, opening line. It's like, are you here to return those pants? <laughs> And which yeah. you know, it, it's it's funny as a line, but at the same time, I I don't <laughs> I don't think Ross's pants are that bad. I, I believe they're just like standard khaki pants. I, I, they don't look that goofy to me. Yeah, no, I, I don't think uh, I, I don't think the the shop owner or the, the the guy working in the shop really thinks Ross is wearing a costume. I don't, I don't think. You know, I don't think we're supposed to believe that he believes it's a costume, but he's obviously making a remark on 
uh, it's, not like he's dress, wearing, but... it's not like he's wearing his leather pants. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's the, the delivery of that line uh, really makes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He had to return those pants. Um, so, yeah. So Ross is desperate. He says, you got to have something. And then we cut back to the apartment where Ross enters as the titular holiday armadillo. Uh, so this makes me wonder, like, so is this of everything they had of what little they had in the shop at that time, this is the thing that Ross thought was closest to Santa or, you know, this was the most holiday themed. Yeah, that's, that's my best guess. Although I will say that the, the costume itself is impressive. It is a, you know, a nice looking armadillo costume. Oh, certainly. This is a very, um, I don't know if it's, I don't know, realistic, I wouldn't say, but it, it is involved with the, the the legs and the feet and the, the stomach and the shell around the back and the the nose and the helmet, or the hat and the ears. And it is, it is quite an impressive costume. So I'm assuming, um, I'm assuming he didn't just take like the least expensive option that they had, but I'm also guessing like maybe... You know, maybe most of the stuff at the costume shop was like holiday themed and, you know, a lot of scary stuff. And he's like, well, I don't want to scare Ben. I don't want to be a, um, you know, I don't want to be a ghost or a skeleton or anything. So armadillo. Um, Though I wonder because he keeps, you know, he keeps trying to tell this story. And he starts off with, well, there are these people called the Maccabees. Well, the Maccabees were warriors. This was um, like the army of the Jewish people at the time. Were there no, um, you know, no like warriors or knights or like, you know, Roman centurions or anything of that sort that he could have, um, you know, something would have had a more connection to the Hanukkah story than <laughs> than a holiday armadillo. Although I do like Monica's line is about, you know, they, they both wandered through the desert. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. They both wandered through the desert. I'm sorry. I just, I've got it. I've, I've got the, uh, the, the episode, the, the moment freeze framed right when Ross enters the apartment and he's just standing with um, particularly the hands with the, like the, the four fingers are the claws of the armadillo. And I didn't really realize armadillos are so hairy. So <laughs> the, like the sleeves, there's hair, at least cuffs around his wrists are hairy, but also the, um, between the legs, that area, there's a lot of hair sticking out from behind the shell. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I guess they're, they are mammals. So they would have hair, right? Armadillos are, are mammals. Yeah. I've, oh, yeah. I've, <laughs> You know, since moving to to Georgia um, a little a little less than a couple of years ago, I haven't seen any live armadillos, but I have seen quite a few um, non live armadillos on the side of the road. And yeah, they they are hairy. Yeah, yeah. So um, so now Ross as the holiday armadillo um, once again tries to tell Ben the story of the Maccabees and. Um, you know, how Hanukkah came to be when uh, here comes Santa. Turns out, <laughs> turns out Chandler was able to hunt down a Santa costume um, and shows up. And uh, <laughs> and this is I think this is the the, the, the real payoff 
of uh, you know of that storyline with the restaurant and the Mater D when uh, when Santa tries to pass Ben some cash <laughs> in a handshake and Ben yeah Ben asks him if he has any gifts yeah. and he's like I sure do and yeah if you're not expecting someone to hand you something in a handshake you just drop it the same way <laughs> Ben does <laughs> particularly Santa you don't expect Santa like um, you know a, a guy in like a just this big red outfit and reindeer and bells and you know shouting ho 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 um isn't usually trying to be sneaky you know <laughs> especially you know trying to you know pass you pass your money on the down low in a, in a handshake like that um but yeah so the the story gets interrupted by santa and then um uh later superman arrives somehow there's a christmas superman <laughs> as well to to complete the trio and, and it is also worth mentioning that uh, both Ross and Chandler as Santa both have that affected talking voice as they are speaking to Ben because they are characters and they have to put on a funny voice as he talks about the Maccabees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess you've got to keep up the illusion as uh, I don't know if, you know, Ben is not supposed to pick up on that this is his father and his father's crazy friend um, dressed up. So, yes, um, you know, and I, I can understand, you know, Chandler, you know, kind of that's the way we expect Santa to sound. He's got a deep voice and he's very ho, ho, ho. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know how Ross, you know, how Ross <laughs> came to determine what does an armadillo sound like or what what should the armadillo, what should the holiday armadillo sound like? Um, and apparently he sounds a lot like Santa. Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, he is Santa of all the southern he is, states. He is, is Santa's friend, <laughs> and Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this made me wonder. So Chandler said he so he knew Ross was having trouble finding a costume, so he borrowed one from a guy at work, but then he put it on. Like you know, your friend is trying to find a Santa costume, and you're able to find a Santa costume. Wouldn't you then bring it to your friend to wear? And not put it on yourself, which yeah, I know kinda, it's it's funnier this way. But I'm like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if that makes sense. But you know, it's a, it's Chandler. Not everything he does makes sense, as we know. Yeah. Um. So um. So then Superman enters. Um. So we've seen everyone's got a costume, or at least all the adult men here have got a costume, and um, we'll kind of wrap up our our third hack here. And then um, we do have a little moment was you have the moment between the armadillo and santa where i forget which one of them said i think it's chandler that says that you know santa and the armadillo can't be in the same room together for too long or else the universe will implode oh yeah and because you know ross is trying to get chandler to leave so he can talk yeah. about hanukkah and ben's like well the, the armadillo should leave <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of sad that, yeah, Ben's picking, I guess it makes sense, but Ben's picking uh, Santa over the armadillo. And I hope, you know, I can only hope he doesn't realize that, you know, it's his father dressed up, (laughs) that he doesn't, you know, he's not picking Chandler over his father, but yeah, I guess it makes sense that a little boy would pick Santa over. Yeah. Um, And then they have the nice moment where, you know, they, they eventually, you know, figure out that, that Chandler says, well, Santa wants to learn about Hanukkah from the holiday armadillo. And then, you know, Ross is like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. He's a good friend. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So Santa wants to hear the story of Hanukkah, and that convinces Ben um, to sit down and, and hear the tale from the uh, the holiday armadillo. Um, so wrapping up our second act, um, I've got another question for you. So do you think do you think this episode captures the spirit of Hanukkah, whatever that may mean to you? Um, it's, I mean, it, it, it's hard for me to to relate myself because you know I, I'm not Jewish and and I don't have any real close Jewish friends. So in my experience with Hanukkah has been all the Christmas specials with a Jewish friend. Uh, but I, I do like it. It really just kind of boils down to that one moment that I just mentioned with, you know, Chandler doing the friend thing. And, uh, you know, you know, it, it is all about it in this one scene. It's about everybody coming together to help Ross and, and, uh, give Ben a good Christmas slash Hanukkah, you know, to, to do something special with him and Ben. And that's, that's really what this episode boils down to. And I think even though it's not giving it, it's not given a lot of time in the episode. I think it does hit really well whenever it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of give it half marks. Like I said, I'm a little disappointed. We didn't get a, a more telling of the Hanukkah story for viewers who maybe are not familiar with it. Um, but certainly a, a big part of Jewish traditions and the holidays are passing on the stories to, you know, the, to the next generation. And this, um, you know, this Ross Ben storyline is all about him wanting to share the holiday with his son. And that's, that's all about Jewish holidays are all centered around, you know, retelling the stories of history about, you know, about the Jewish people and, and telling it to the children. Um, so it's all about that. Um, and I guess you could say, it's a little bit of a miracle. The the roommate storyline with with Phoebe and Rachel and Joey, how it kind of works out. Um, you know, it turns out where they can't move in together. Um, and I'll 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 jump at right back into the action. You know, the, our final act of the show um, is Phoebe and Rachel visiting the old apartment, and it turns out the room that they had split into two bedrooms, the the wall's been removed. And now it's just one big bedroom. So there isn't, um, you know, there isn't room for two people anymore. So it isn't a question. It isn't Rachel, um, you know, rejecting Phoebe as a roommate or, or Phoebe feeling left out where it's it's not an option for them to, to move in together anymore. So that, um, you know, it's a miracle. The, the conflict has been resolved without, you know, one friend having to hurt the feelings of the other. So, um, and that's, you know, part of, you know, part of the, the 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 Hanukkah story is the miracle oil that was only supposed to burn for one night ended up lasting eight nights, and that's why we, we you know they light eight candles. But here we go, the the miracle of a friendship. So yeah, uh, you know it's it's maybe not maybe it, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but I'll, I'll say that that counts as uh, the spirit of Hanukkah. I'll give them uh, you know I'll give them partial marks, and of course that. the miracle of. Phoebe being able to afford that apartment by herself instead of <laughs> having to split the cost with a roommate. Yeah, that's that's the real miracle. Um, uh, yeah, I guess you know when, when she sells off the drums and a, a slightly used tarantula, maybe that'll cover uh, help cover the rent. Um, and so we we cut to uh, kind of our, our our final scene is. 
the the you know the holiday armadillo and Superman and Santa and Monica and Ben are all there, um, and we see that the armadillo is finishing up. Uh, you know, finally got to tell that story, and he's saying, and the miracle was that little bit of oil that should have lasted just one day burned for eight whole days. So Ross got to tell the story of Hanukkah to his son, um, which is uh, which is all about you know which is what it's all about. In addition to, you know, my favorite part is when Superman flew all the Jews out of Egypt. Um, <laughs> yay, Superman. Um, and then it is, um, you know, it is sundown, it is night in the city. Um, they light the candles, as, as I mentioned um, earlier. They, uh, we can see there's, there's street candles lit, um, which is appropriate. So in 2000, the third night of Hanukkah was December 23rd, was a Saturday, and that was two days before Christmas. Um, as we heard. So the three candles, the two days that the the guy at the costume store mentioned, it all lines up and great. And then we, the, a little coda, the little finishing flourish at the end is um, cutting back to Joey and Rachel's apartment. And she is um, securing the, um, you know, the tarantula cage, make sure the cover is on tightly so that Joey can come out of his bedroom because he, he is much more frightened of this spider mm-hmm. than Rachel is, which is, and he, I mean, he's still wearing the Superman costume. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, so not only does it play on sort of the stereotype or the, you know, the tropes of, um, you know, women being more fearful of, of spiders than men, but then um, yeah, on top of it, he's, he's a frightful Superman, <laughs> which adds to the comedy. And um, and we did skip over, you know, one other great little joke. Whenever uh, Phoebe and Rachel come in and all the lights are down and and they say, you know, that it looks like the Easter Bunny's funeral in here. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, kind of yeah. And that's where we go. That's where we get the tradition. Yeah, um, the Easter Bunny's funeral. Um, I gotta say, overall, I I enjoyed the episode much more than I thought I would. Um, this is, uh, turns out, Friends is a good show. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I guess there's a reason <laughs> yeah, it lasts it's a, it's a, <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a funny show. It has a lot of moments. It, you know, during my rewatch, I I enjoyed more episodes than I didn't. But there were a lot of moments where, you know, I had to kind of poke fun and remind myself, boy, these really are terrible people that we're watching. Yes. Yeah, for, for the most part. For the most part, um, so kind of um, you know on that note of, of you know as we've, we've both said we enjoyed this episode, but a lot of what we've talked about um, on um, you know on previous seasons of the Next Scene podcast and previous holiday specials, we've talked about movies that are kind of part of family traditions that we you know we watch every year um, you know around the holidays. Do you think is this? Um, is this, you know, part of your annual tradition or do you think this, you know, is this suitable for yearly rewatching every year around Hanukkah or Christmas? Yeah, I, I think this could fit into a yearly rewatch. It's, you know, it, it doesn't have a, a very much of the terrible people nature of any of the friends. You know, none of them are doing anything worse than trying to bribe a maitre d and failing it it's funny and it's you know it, it has the 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 heartfelt moments at the end of the second act uh it's it, it's one of the better episodes i think yeah i i um 
I might give it two out of five. I don't think it, it has a lot of rewatchability, but it does have, yeah, a lot of good moments. It is very sweet. Like I said, it, 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 it you know, everything kind of works out. And even when, uh, you know, kind of even when the friends are trying to, uh, I don't know if deceive is the right word, but like when even when Phoebe's trying to kind of trick Rachel into moving out, uh, you know, out of Joey's apartment, she, you know, she's doing it. Um, you know, I think she's doing it for the right reason. She's doing it because she wants to live with Rachel because Rachel is her friend, not necessarily that she dislikes Joey. You know, it's coming from the right place. And then it does all resolve in the end in a very sweet manner. So yeah, uh, it, it, it happens in a very lighthearted way. And none of what she does is really destructive. Um, yeah. Like like it doesn't it's not damaging to the friendship at all because it is about, you know, getting gifts or giving gifts and and it's about, you know, her wanting Rachel to live with her. Like it, it it's it all comes from a place of positivity. And yeah. and there's not really any any real negativity. Like the only sort of negative thing and it's played up, you know, so over the top that it's just funny is just the fact that Joey is afraid of the tarantula. <laughs> That's really the only sort of negative that we get in any of that. And that's the drumming annoys monica and chandler across the hall mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and i would say like we've commented that it's not super heavy in the holiday content um but that is weighted towards the end and that's probably the most important thing or you know one of the most important things about a holiday movie or a holiday episode is how do you feel at the end you know when you when Yes, you can enjoy watching it, and that's an important part, but just as important or maybe more important is how do you feel when you turn it off when you're done and you walk away and having sort of the holiday content, you know, weighted towards the end of the episode and the way all these different, you know, the, the different plot lines resolve themselves. It does kind of have a nice holiday um you know, friendly, you know, and, and some family. I mean, there's a brother and sister and a couple getting married. So, you know, friends and family, warm feeling at the end. Um, and so that's that's something you always like to have um, okay. around the holidays. So it does good in that. Uh, so uh, Nate and I, we don't have uh, we don't have a, a personal holiday story uh, to share with you for uh, for this night, for the third night of Hanukkah. But uh, I figured I'd give you a little bit of uh a little bit of Hanukkah history, uh, some uh, customs in celebrating Hanukkah around the world in North Africa, particularly around Morocco. Uh, it's customary to hang the menorah on a hook uh, beside uh, the mezuzah, mezuzah on you know, the doorway in front of the house. Um, and the, uh, the thought behind that tradition is uh, it enhances the menorah, the light of the menorah enhances the, protect, the protection already offered by the mezuzah. And if you look at... Um, so you'll see if, if you have a menorah uh, made in North Africa, a lot of them have uh, a ring at the top or, uh, you know, some other hook um, for hanging as well as, um, you know, flat metal backing. You'll have a, a you know, a, a metal backstop behind where the candle or the wick for the flame will go. Um, so, you know, you don't you don't burn your house down. Um, but yeah. And then a. Um, uh, another tradition uh, from some parts of Morocco is um, the on the last night of Hanukkah or the last day of Hanukkah, children are sent out to uh, collect the wicks, any leftover cotton wicks from uh, from the oil lamps or the oil menorahs used um, for Hanukkah. And then at sundown on the last day, 
all those wicks are ignited in a single uh, single fire or a bonfire, um, and folks will gather around to, to you know to sing and dance um, around uh, you know around the fire. And there's a tradition of um, of leaping over the fire, which is uh, you know is supposed to be uh, good luck. And uh, this is something uh, particularly for women. Uh, you know, especially women seeking a partner or struggling to conceive that uh, as you dance, if you leap over the fire of uh, the remaining, uh, you know, the remaining cotton wicks of the menorah, this is uh, this is something that will bring you luck. Um, so, yeah. So maybe that's something you should consider doing. You take uh, you take all those leftover wicks or, uh, you know, candle bits at the end of the eight nights and, and put them into a, a big fire and, and jump over them safely, of course. All right, so yeah, I'll I'll let you go. Thank you very much um, for your time. It's been wonderful having you here, and uh, I, I'm sure our listeners want to hear more. So um, yeah, if you have, you know, what what you've got going podcast wise and otherwise, um, anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, sure. Right now, over at my uh, main podcast, it's time to rewind. That's where I take a look at time loop movies and TV shows, and I break them down one loop at a time. Right mm -hmm. now, I'm uh, smack dab in the middle of my Buffy and Angel season, where I'm taking a look at the Buffy season six episode Life Serial, where she's in a mummy in a time loop trying to sell a mummy hand at the magic box. Uh, before I move on to the Angel time loop from the fifth season, where um, uh, Fred turned into Illyria, who is about to explode, and she's jumping around through time. And uh, yeah, over at my long-running site, flightstightsandmovienights.com, I have uh, written reviews of superhero movies, and uh, by the time this comes out, I should have a review for Wakanda Forever, and I also have uh, reviews of werewolf by night and uh black adam and uh you know and and of course i i have reviews of over 500 other superhero and comic book movies over there so pretty much any superhero movie you've ever heard of i've seen it and i've written about it there yeah those are two great shows i, I recommend uh my, my, our listeners check that out and particularly if you found this show through my work on Groundhog Minute, talking about Groundhog Day one minute at a time. Um, that's a good place to start um, with um, with It's Time to Rewind. And in your first season there, talking about Groundhog Day one loop at a time. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, certainly a, a very interesting take, a different take on, on that film. So yeah, again, if, if you found me through Groundhog Day, I would say that's a good place to start with, with It's Time to Rewind. Yeah, instead of breaking the movie down into, you know, a hundred minute and into like a hundred minute length episode or minute length chunks of the movie, I have, you know, like two or three big chunks of the movie and then a lot of very short chunks of the movie for the various uh, mon uh, time loop montages within the film. Right. And and if, if listener is your, if you're wondering well, how does he cover all those slaps where you've get where like each time loop is like literally <laughs> the like, length the, the length of time it takes Rita to slap Phil? Well, you'll have to tune in and, and find out how he did that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was yeah, that was an interesting challenge, and um, mm -hmm. you were certainly up to the task. Um, and listeners, if if you're up to the task, you can uh, join us, join the conversation, give us feedback, share your 
uh, your Hanukkah and holiday armadillo memories at our Facebook listeners group, uh, the Jelly of the Month Club. Um, once again, I am Sean. Uh, if you've been our listeners, we've had our great guest, Nate, and we will see you next time for the next scene.